This week's episode is a recording from a couple of weeks ago when I was on the Eye of the Wheel podcast with my friend Laura Aitken. We talked men's mental health and modern masculinity. I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome Eyes of the Wheel. I'm so happy that you're joining me today in my first conversation. Yay! This is Jared. Meet Jared. He is beautiful and happy and joyful and kind. And I'm so happy that he's my first guest on this show. I met him through King of Hearts, which is a non-for-profit organization here out of Calgary, Canada, where we live. And they basically get people together for mental health and to kind of digest and peel apart modern masculinity. So I know this is a big hot topic and I'm very interested in it. I actually listened to the audiobook recently, The Masks of Masculinity, and just loved it. Have you listened? I am so bad with books. Like I don't read them and I don't listen to them, but just the title, like that hit me hard and you know, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the guys that I'm close with do a ton of reading. And I think that a couple of them have, have uh, read that, that one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, he's the living example. I'm just living vicariously through the knowledge on the side, but I'm so happy to have him here because I find that modern masculinity is a huge thing to unravel and to understand and to just allow us all to figure out how we can be supportive more supportive of our men and how our men can open up more and we can create nurturing, loving spaces for them to evolve and to share as we as women do seem to um, be able to do it a little bit more easier. So anyways, welcome, Jared. Thank you. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. And, you know, like you were saying, it's just I was reflecting on it a little bit and how crazy, you know, the universe works sometimes of we just happen to be on the same call. We just happen to be paired up together. And um, you just, both of us just happen to have podcasts and kind of connected on that too. And so, you know, it's, it, I always love those, those little chance moments that lead to something more. Yes, absolutely. Synchronicities. We have to follow them, right guys? All right, so with this self-healing journey, we all have our reasons why we start on this. We want to delve into self-help, spirituality, whatever it is. And for a lot of us, it starts in suffering. I know it did for myself, um, but for you, Jared, um, what? how long ago did you start this journey and how did that kind of look for you? Yeah, for sure. So I would say the start of it was probably about three or four years ago. Um, so I ended up I started seeing a therapist mm -hmm. and I held a ton of shame around it and I didn't tell anyone in my entire life for the first two years because and it was so funny where I was very hypocritical to myself where whenever I would hear other people talking about therapy or working on themselves whatever it might be it was always I was a huge fan I'm like this is amazing like that's so good for you I'm so glad that you're doing that like you know it's going to help you so much and at the same time you know once I started doing it I was super ashamed of it. Like, it's great for other people, but I shouldn't need it, right? And being very hypocritical against myself. And so that's where it started. Um, started seeing my therapist for a couple of years and kind of got to the point where one of her suggestions was like, you know, I want to do more, right? I want to, you know, start really stepping into this, growing more, everything like that. One of her suggestions was, you should quite literally just go and try a whole bunch of different stuff 
because you never know what you're going to like. It's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And again, you know, the, were you calling them synchronicities? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like meaningful coincidences. Yeah. Like just the idea that our universe, you know, has deeper intentions that we can't see. And when we see glimpses of, of it, it may seem random, but I don't think it's random. I think it's, it's a sign and it's a nudge, but yeah. And then the synchronicity happens. So yeah. um, Keep going. Yeah. So synchronicity for sure. And I love that definition. I'm going to have to remember the word synchronicity and use it more in my own life, but um, yeah, you know, I was one day I was scrolling through Instagram and randomly one of the guys that I knew had done a bio on Andy Nguyen, who is one of the founders of King of Hearts. Mm-hmm. And he looked super familiar and I couldn't place it. I'm like, why do I feel like I know him? But anyways, I read the, you know, the little blurb and he started talking about the King of Hearts. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I started talking about modern masculinity and mental health and men's mental health, things like that. And they just so happened to be doing um an event and this was about a year and a half ago so this is pre-covid so we were doing in-person events at that point yeah and um i was like you know what i don't know anybody there i'm gonna show up by myself like i'm gonna sit in the corner i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna watch worst case scenario i lose an hour out of my life right and um yeah so i randomly showed up by myself and had no idea what to expect and yeah, just, you know, had really an eye-opening conversation. And for one of the first times in my life, it was a feeling of other people struggle with the things that I struggle with as well. And that feeling of not being alone anymore. Mm. And, uh, you know, wanting to share so badly, like having these physiological responses of like, I could feel it, I could feel like myself vibrating. I wanted to say something, I wanted to say something. And it just... I couldn't force myself and luckily one of the guys there um kind of noticed and was just like hey Jared like do you have anything you want to say and I felt like I just like word vomited and you know I wanted to say everything and started talking and it was such just like just this amazing release mm. that I was able to finally get these things out and talk about them and you know show some vulnerability show some of my struggles show some of my imperfections and that's kind of really where things took off. And so I went to a couple more of their meetings, um, their meetups, and started getting closer with the guys there. And they brought up that they were also starting a men's group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same sort of idea. However, it's essentially a closed group. So it's the same group of men every single week. And, um, you know, you get to know them deeper. And we go deeper into these, you know, topics and more specific to you. And that seemed super scary and super exciting at the same time. <laughs> and so I decided to to join and um, grew a ton through that as well. And that's been over the past year and kind of gets me to where I am today. And I ended up actually just leaving that group and, um, you know, because I thought that it had served its purpose for now for me and I'm looking for to take the next step. Uh, but still super close with a lot of the guys there and, um, you know, still see my therapist regularly. And yeah, that's kind of the quick version of how I got to where I am today. Right. That's beautiful. So I guess like growing up as a man, like I'm guessing there are certain types of standards or judgments that was put around you and who you had to be. And so 
you had, you know, these walls up and so much that it kind of sounded like you're like, I just, I want to talk. It was almost like a, like a ticking time bomb that was like, just let me let this out, but I can't. And I, you know, like it, it's not going to be accepted if I do. And then you, you held it in for so long, I guess. And then eventually with, with therapy and then with the men's group, even better, because now you're taking this into public, you're taking this into friendships, you're taking this into, uh, a whole nother level um, of vulnerability and openness. And um, yeah, it's just, it seems like a very empowering journey and a very courageous journey, especially as a man, like leading this sort of conscious masculinity that is coming through now. So, um, so yeah, can you speak to like what it's like to to be a man and like, what does society expect of you? And um, how is that harmful or helpful? Or yeah, how, how does that resonate with you? For sure, yeah. And you know, I, I, I wanna preface too of I'm still super early in my journey and I've definitely made huge strides and changed a lot. And at the same time, I recognize that there's, I still have a long way to go. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think it's super important to, um, you know, acknowledge too, that it's like, you know, that we had this conversation a few months back and it was this idea that, you know, working on yourself, it's not a destination, mm -hmm. right? You're not, you're not going to get to a point where you're done or you've mastered, you know, masculinity or men's work or working on yourself or mental health. It's a continuous journey where you can always get a little bit better, a little bit better, and you have to stay on top of it as well. Um, but going back to your question, yeah, you know, I, I think that I put a lot of pressure on myself as well. Mm. Um, however, there's, you know, and some of the outside pressures I would say is some of the things that you're told as a man are, you're not really allowed to show emotion. The only emotion that you're allowed to show is anger or aggression. Mm. Um, Sometimes you're allowed to show sadness if you lose at sports, right? Then it's acceptable. You know, you can cry once you've lost a championship game. Yeah, I actually heard within the mask masculinity that so many men love sports because it's a, it's a space where there's no judgment around emotion. Like they can express any emotion they want around a sport and it's accepted. So that's interesting that you mentioned that and picked up on that. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it's a lot of times it, it ends up being an outlet. And, you know, you just saying that it makes a lot of sense, too, of why so many men are diehard sports fans. Right. right? Thing. You know, you can show any emotion, the whole wide array of emotions when it comes to sports, because, you know, that's manly. Right. right. That's acceptable yeah. realm that you're able to do it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of a lot of the pressure comes from that is one, you know, like you need to almost be this unemotional um stoic figure at all times right i think the other one that really you know especially resonated with me was the fact that you are a lot of times the emotional rock and people come to you with their problems you don't go to them with yours mm. right and that's you know it's been magnified in my own life and kind of the role that i took on as i am the emotional rock when you have a problem you come to me you know you put your your um, troubles and tribulations and um, stress you put that onto me because i can take it and i will never ask the same of you and you know that became very tough and it led to a lot of very uneven relationships in right. my life 
right? Because, you know, I was great at supporting people, but I had absolutely no idea how to ask for support for myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I would say another huge one that we talked about, um, which is, you know, near to me and close to my heart is, you know, even things like body image issues as a man. Right. Yeah. And for me, you know, that's one of those topics where it's not even a topic. It isn't talked about. Like, it's not even that you shouldn't, you know, feel like that. It's just that it doesn't exist. Right. Like men don't struggle with things like that. And so it's never even, you know, the idea of a conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was one of the specific ones that I struggled with a ton. of feeling completely alone right mm-hmm. of like you know I'm not happy with the way I look I'm not happy with my body and that's not allowed as a man and I can't talk to anybody about that I can't be open and honest to people about that because mm-hmm. um, it's not allowed it's not something that we struggle with right. and so I want to keep all of that inside and you know a lot of times that's where that pressure builds is because you have to keep everything bottled up and inside you look for those places where you can have those releases and hopefully it's a healthier spot like in sports right as opposed to losing control and completely blowing up yes absolutely yeah or like turning to addiction or escapism and and all sorts of ways I guess yeah yeah, and it just makes total sense like there's not a lot of safe space that I guess society just inherently gives and puts around men that they can chill out and just be themselves and be whatever and it seems like sports is really that only space because if you're you know walking around just you know going to the grocery store doing your everyday thing and you have to wear this stoic mask all the time and you have to you know push it all down and you can't feel even even safe in those places to just be yourself or say like yeah I'm having a crappy day I'm sad or like yeah I mean it's it's really hard or whatever just out of all the fear I guess of of being told like you're weak you know you're you're not a man grow up you know the little like punch or whatever you know like suck it up um and and that's tough and I mean you don't you don't have a safe space to process your own stuff I guess and then on top of that you are taking other people's stuff so it's just all spinning. It's like, yeah, I'll support you. I'll take your stuff. And like, I'll, I'll also have all my stuff, but I won't say anything about it. And I'll go on like this for years, decades. And then some, some random big outburst happens or some addiction pattern happens or some really bad mental health type of episode goes on. And you're just like, well, that's, that's not random, right? Like when we look back at this, like it makes total sense to me listening to you, like how that's a recipe for, for just disaster for our men. (laughs) He's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, I really am so grateful to you and men like you and men at King of Hearts that are, are standing up for that. Um, and I know with myself as a woman, I find that super attractive when, when males are open and when they, you know, when they're vulnerable or when they cry, like, and speaking to my girlfriends, like when like their, their man cries, it's like a big, like, wow, like it was amazing. Like, I know that's the woman side of things, but we just, we just want, we want what's underneath all the layers so badly. So 
watching the men like like you and a king of hearts do that work to internally like dissolve your barriers and create safe space for each other is just the the fundamentals of I think of of your well-being or your partnerships your relationships your successes and all that me what do you think yeah I know for sure and you know it's it's something that you know I still struggle with a ton is you know, especially being like vulnerable in romantic relationships. Mm. Very, you know, for the longest time, for almost my entire life, like I did not show any vulnerability at all. It was all bottled up. It was, you know, this facade of perfection of, you know, like we've talked about, if I don't struggle with anything, I don't need anything from you. Let me support you. You don't need to support me. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I have what I think is like an interesting look on it um, because I'm really trying to, wrap my head around you know the idea of true strength actually being able to show your imperfections and able to show your vulnerabilities yeah. right show that you do struggle and that that you can still be okay with those struggles mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't mean that you need to cry every single day right it doesn't mean that it's you walk around like a bleeding heart every single day all the time right but the ability to be able to tap into that Mm-hmm. Right? And where it showed up a ton for me and what was coming up for me when you're talking is this idea that in my life, one of my coping mechanisms was just to push everything down, yeah. all the emotions, everything that I was feeling, because a lot of those were negative feelings, negative emotions. I ended up pushing them all down. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple problems with that, as you can probably imagine, you know, one of them being, of course, like we talked about, I would have those outbursts. Yeah. and whether that's being, you know, just really reacting super strongly to a minor occurrence. But really the other one internally for me was I realized because I had to shut down those negative emotions, I didn't get to pick and choose which emotions still came up and I had to turn all of them off. So I didn't allow myself to feel sad or pain. However, I also didn't allow myself to feel happiness, to feel joy, to feel proudness, right, of myself and the people around me. And so yeah, you know, it really was that, and still something that I work on is just accessing those emotions mm-hmm. and um, being able to tap into them, normalizing the fact that some days I'm going to feel good, some days I'm going to feel bad, right? And it's okay if I feel bad sometimes. It's okay if I'm having a down day or a down couple of days mm-hmm. um, and really just showing that self-compassion to myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, And yes, it is a journey. And it is this thing that we're working with all the time and every day, like even myself, this is not just a man thing, like it's a, it's a human thing to want to push away the heavy sides, the harder sides and negative sides of ourselves. Um, So yeah, very beautiful work. And I can I can see like within you the how much the self acceptance and self compassion you practice even just a little has added to your sense of just strength. You know, like it's like, you know, you just you come you become a little bit more unshakable, I feel. Um, So so that practicing of accepting and accessing your emotions then do you find like the therapy the men's group was that a big part in you accessing your emotions or were they different in ways they helped you or 
Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely both of those things were instrumental. Yeah. And I actually found them very complimentary where when I saw my therapist, it was a lot more of understanding, right? And unlocking in my brain, understanding where some of these thoughts and feelings are coming from or, you know, realizing that they're actually coping mechanisms. It's, that's not my natural tendency. That's a coping mechanism that I've used since I, I was a child to protect myself. Yeah. And unraveling those and really understanding, you know, this idea of a lot of the things that I think are true actually come from a decision I made when I was very young, when I was in elementary or junior high school. Mm -hmm. And so unraveling a lot of those, you know, truths yeah. of, well, is this actually true? Mm -hmm. Yes or no. And no, you know, was it a decision I made? Mm -hmm. And is it now the same decision that I make as an adult looking back on the situation instead of, you know, as an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old? And some of them still do, are true, but a lot of them are now challenged as, well, no, this is what I thought was true and is not. Yeah. And therapy really helped me dig into a lot of those. And I would say open the door and understanding of, you know, myself and how I came to be. Mm -hmm. This group was a lot more about actually embodying it. And, you know, I almost, you know, I kind of explain it as like a place to play yeah, okay. with my emotions and get to test them out. Yeah. And I say play and it's a lot of times extremely difficult, but I get to play with them, right? I get to play with conflict. I get to play with anger. I get to play with vulnerability, right? And this, this place, and, you know, I explain it to people of, it was a place for me to be heard seen and heard without fear of judgment mm -hmm. because I know that no matter what I said or the other men said or did in the group I knew that there was a really deep bond of love mm -hmm. between us mm -hmm. and that I was able to kind of stretch those boundaries because they had the background on me they know where a lot of this is coming from and they know that you know this is the space where we you know go at it like this is where we come to to test these things out. And if I go too far, or if I don't, you know, the, they won't hold that against me. And if I don't go far enough, you know, they'll hold me accountable. Right. And so, yeah, I got to, I got to play a lot with, with those emotions, with those sides of me and mm -hmm. um, yeah, in a safe environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like how healing is that for, wow, I feel everybody. And I'm just so happy that you had that experience and this, this experience is ongoing. Like there's many men's groups that exist and just, yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. So is there anything else um, about the men's group or like that you think other people or other men would benefit from, from the group or have you had thoughts around that? Yeah, you know, and the, you know, the biggest thing that I go back to a lot of times, even with this, and, yeah. you know, a lot of times pushback of, you know, the idea of men's group from everyone, from other men, or even from women sometimes, right? Of, I think that we're all trying to get to the same place. Yeah. Of making, making ourselves better mm -hmm. so that we can make the world better. Mm -hmm. so that we can work on the relationships not only with ourselves but with those around us so that 
you know, we don't have those unhealthy outbursts so that we have, we, we develop these skills to address some of those old wounds that we might have from our childhood or from um, other experiences. And, you know, it's <laughs> a lot of people are really confused by it of like, well, how do you explain, like, what is men's work? And it's such a tough thing to explain. Right. Um, you know, it's not, we go and once a week we cry every single time. Right? Like, sure, there's a lot of crime, right? But there's also a lot of stepping into your assertiveness and everybody goes to it for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, one of the ones is, you know, one of the one of the biggest ones for me is I've always had a problem with conflict. Okay. And where that came from is that in my house growing up, if there was ever a fight, it was 10 out of 10. There was no small conflicts or disagreements. It was, if we're getting into it, we're yelling, the whole house is involved, like we're getting into it. Yeah. And how I carried that into my life is I thought if I was ever to, you know, get into a conflict with somebody, that's where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And subconsciously, I think like, okay, well, we're going to have like, you know, an argument where we're both yelling and so bad that it's like, potentially we don't speak to each other again. Right. And so being able to see that conflict is okay, that we can have, you know, a two out of 10 conflict and still be friends afterwards. Right, right. Yeah, that makes total sense that conflict can actually be like a means of growth and depth when it's handled with love and safety, right? But when it's handled with fear and like the, you know, the need to be like right or wrong, then yeah, I've seen that a lot within my own family, within my own life too, because you end up playing out the patterns, then you're like, wait a minute, like, you know, um, and when you experience it being handled differently, it's almost like shocking. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like this is this is something that can be handled with safety. And then it's um uh, yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a big journey of inner trust of like, okay, like I trust myself and enough to open up now in this space and to walk into, you know, conflict, which may not even be conflict. It may just be like a space where you just open up with each other and maybe it feels heavy, but that doesn't mean it's conflict. That's just entering a you know a, a deeper space so yeah, yeah that's really beautiful yeah you know I, th- I think another big one specifically for me and you know I I ended up realizing one of the big pieces for myself was showing vulnerability with people and showing the dark side of myself and it was I didn't realize how much weight I carried around mm. always being heavy of you know, always taking on and never being able to unload any of it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was one of the most life-changing things for me is like being able to release some of that yeah. and, release it and release it. And, you know, that's, that's probably been one of the most, like I said, the most life-changing things is this now feeling of, well, I can, I can be myself yeah. and I don't have to put on a show for other people. I, I can lean and count on other people so that I don't have to carry it all myself and feel crushed, right? Mm-hmm. And be fighting this, you know, in this struggle inside that nobody can see and nobody knows about because I don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Right? So that, that's also been extremely freeing for me. Mm-hmm. And do you find the men's group kind of like 
disproved what you thought would happen if you would be vulnerable? Like what do you think was going to happen like earlier in your life if you were vulnerable? What was your idea of what you thought was going to happen? Yeah. So for me, and it took a lot of digging, but (laughs) realized uh, a lot of, again, a lot of the things that I thought I knew came from decisions I made from my childhood. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones for me is this struggle with perfection mm-hmm. and this idea that I needed to be perfect in order to be loved. Yeah. And if I wasn't perfect. I wasn't worthy of love. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so my entire life was showing whoever it was that I was perfect. And that involved changing my personality to best suit them. Yeah. Right? And a lot of times being quiet when I first met people to figure out what they liked, what they didn't like, what, you know, their energy level of how I could match that and going against some of the things that I believed because disagreeing with them, if I disagreed with them, I wouldn't be perfect in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And if I showed any imperfections, if I was vulnerable, if I talked about the things that I didn't, you know, that I struggled with or that I didn't like about myself. Like that's definitely not being perfect. And so there's no way, like, I'm just trying to get them to like me. Yeah. And let alone like, you know, love, like feel love from them. And so there's no way that I can be vulnerable with them because it'll show them that I'm not perfect and therefore not worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is like showing that I can show my imperfections to people I can tell them the things that are wrong with me, the things I carry shame around in my life and still be loved by them. And funny enough, it actually brought me closer in most of my relationships Hmm. because now it humanized me. It showed them that I, you know, also struggle and they love me more because of it. And, you know, still something that I struggle with, but something that I've made a lot of strides in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You shared a lot of really, really insightful things there. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's this really strong fear that we carry, I guess, around, like, if I show who I am, I'm going to be alone. But it's really, it's really, like, curious to me. I feel like there's another layer in there that's, like, why do we even have that thought? You know, it's, like, I don't know if, Maybe some of us have actually tried being super vulnerable, maybe when we were younger, and then it turned out to be that. Like people walked away, people judged you, like you did it once and you're like, never again. And then you carry this belief system. So I guess that's that's where it comes from. And it it is just so interesting. Like maybe that resonates with you, maybe not, but um, that I feel like that could be a possibility of, of what happens to us. I mean, we try something out once, if it's not received with love, we go into the box of never again. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So for me doing a lot of the work and digging into it, I came to realize where that came from was actually, um, the relationship with my parents. Okay. Okay. There was a lot of like, call it turmoil in my household growing up. Right. And because I was always like, okay, uh, I always got good grades, you know, like I took care of myself. I, you know, played sports, um, I was on honor roll, you know, whatever it might be. I was always just like, they knew that I was going to be okay. Right. And because of that, I didn't get the attention that I craved. Mm-hmm. And 
it led to me feeling like I wasn't good enough, right? So it was feeling that I wasn't doing enough to be worthy of that attention. And for me personally, that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of digging and a lot of hurt and a lot of baggage to get there. Um, And finally, identifying it, realizing it, and starting to heal that wound, again, has been, you know, just transformational for me. And, you know, it's still there. It's not closed by any means. However, now that I know where a lot of these things come from, I always talk about, like, the root cause. Yeah. Right? The root of, like, what it actually was and all the branches are coming off of that of where it shows up in your life. Mm-hmm. And so trying to identify that root cause actually helps with all the branches as well. Yeah, because then everything kind of made sense to you, I guess. And you're like, okay, like, I can do that and I can accept it and... Yeah, that's amazing. Such good work on yourself. And yeah, it's, it's definitely not a blanket sort of answer. Like everyone has their own individual experiences that led to the beliefs that we hold today that we, you know, are holding us back or helping us. Um, so that's wonderful. Um, and how have you found, so I guess like you started going to men's groups and then you decided I'm going to start opening up. I mean, you started to with therapy, I'm guessing. And then like, they gave you a little nudge in men's group to be like, Hey, okay, open up here too now. And how were you received within the men's group? Like when you were vulnerable, when you did those things, you were, you know, so scared to show up of yourself. Like how did they respond to you? You know, I'd say the biggest one is with love. Yeah. Luckily, you know, when I've shown up with vulnerability and been vulnerable with people, I've been received with love, which I think is the biggest, the biggest piece. And I can feel that, Um, you know, another, another eye-opening one for me was that I catastrophize things a lot in my brain and I go, okay, well, when I tell them this, they'll never think of me the same way, or, you know, they'll baby me forever, or, you know, they, they won't like me anymore, whatever it is. And I think one of the most freeing things was that it didn't actually change our relationship that much. Right. 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 Even, even opening up to my sister for the first time about me seeing a therapist and she was the first person I told. And, you know, she's the closest person in my life to me. And I didn't tell her for two years and it was this huge buildup. Like I thought it was going to be this huge, like <laughs> life altering, like it was going to blow her mind that I was seeing a therapist that I was struggling with things. And it was kind of just like, Oh yeah, I could see that. <laughs> not crushed right now. What do you mean? You're not crushed. Right. <laughs> and so seeing that life goes on, that it's okay, that it actually, brings us closer together and that things don't you know change that much that it doesn't blow up my entire life or relationship by being vulnerable with this person and they just they still treat me as me yeah yeah that is so powerful and that's an experience that I feel many people haven't had yet like they haven't had an experience of being received in love in their authenticity in their mess of being a human in their vulnerability right and like in my experience, like, it's not just, you know, one time I had to be received by love in that space. It's like, it had to happen again and again and again. So finally my conditioning of like thinking that things were going to be different finally was like, okay, you have no ground here. Like reality has proven different so many times. Like now you can actually drop that. And I find that 
we almost have to take action to allow reality to disprove our limiting beliefs, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, I think I, I completely agree with it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you almost have to prove it to yourself sometimes. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, <laughs> we try to talk ourselves out of things so much That's and true. pretend like we know what will happen. Yeah. And there's only really one way to know, and it's by doing. By and doing. It's over and over again and you know it's it's funny to me looking back and um, I came to this realization I want to say about a month ago I feel like I just used the same time periods for everything but anyways um, I realized and being able to look back I went oh the real thing that I've been focusing on this past year has been vulnerability right and I like the physiological response like I had talked about in that first king of hearts get together to yeah. share I don't even know what it was. It was something probably super minuscule, right? And I'm like shaking, I'm sweating. I feel like my heart's going to pound out of my chest, like just to open up a tiny little bit to these strangers. Right. Um, and then fast forward, you know, 10 months and in the men's group, one of the, you know, the final kind of stages for myself and I was able to go like, oh, like, you know, vulnerability isn't going to be my focus anymore um, for the next time period. Right. was I literally I felt called to stand up in front of the men and essentially say my deepest darkest secrets that I hold the most shame around in my entire life and share all of them with them right and to be witnessed and to be seen and I don't want to hold on to these anymore I want somebody to know mm -hmm. and the response in my body that I got from that was minuscule compared to the small share that I did at the beginning Right, right. Because my that's body had gotten used to it. Mm, yeah, that's really beautiful to share. And like just what happens over a time period and how we, you know, we, we tend to think like it's going to be like that every time, right? Like you're going to be shaking and sweating and stumbling and all the things like every single time. But it's, it's just at the beginning. It's just the newness. Hey, and like, that's a really powerful uh, story you shared. And like, that's just you know, 10 months in a men's group, like that's a huge amount of transformation, right? Like now you have all this um, experience and proof of opening up again and again and again, that you're going to be okay. You're strong. You know, it gets easier every single time. And yeah, I just, I can't imagine like how much that's affecting the rest of your life. So how, what are the biggest changes you've seen like in your normal everyday life um, post vulnerability to now being more vulnerable? I know you're just yeah. in the waters, but I mean like what, what differences have you seen? Yeah, you know, and I think it goes back to those small changes that you don't necessarily notice all the time. It's that feeling that I'm not being crushed by the weight of having to hold everything in. Right. It, you know, the feeling of, being okay um you know feeling my emotions and actually being able to feel some of my emotions mm -hmm. um and truly being able to be myself was a huge thing that I never felt like I was able to do I always felt like I was putting on a show for other people to be that person they want wanted me to be yeah. and now it's you know it's this well I'm going to explore like what does it mean to be Jared like who is Jared because I don't know who I would be without trying to impress other people because that's been my programming for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so, okay, like, let, what do I want to do now that I'm not 
as worried because we all still have those moments of what other people are going to think of me. And yeah, it's like, you know, I don't have something specific to point to, but I would say just overall, like my mental health, my, um, the feeling inside of my head is just, you know, of lightness, of calm, of more peace, as opposed to this constant pressure, this constant being feeling of being beaten down. Yeah. And that's huge. Like just in a few words that you said there, like that's a huge life difference, like a huge, huge transformation, you know? Yeah. And actually, you know, the one other piece that just came up for me was a lot of times I felt myself living in fear Yeah, of the fear of other people realizing and noticing those things that I was self-conscious about the fear of, them like you know seeing or feeling like i'm an imposter because they're like well you know this isn't right or i see that imperfection and being able to release that has been huge too of putting it out even publicly like you know doing things like this like on my podcast where i'm just like i'm gonna put it all out here so now i don't need to worry about it in my mind it's out there people know about it so i don't need to worry if they're like actually looking at me and thinking one thing because I've put it out there if they actually see what I'm struggling with because it's out there now and so I can just kind of be absolutely you're owning it right like you're owning it so if anyone else makes fun of it you're like well I've told the world and I don't care about it so why do you (laughs) and that's the ultimate strength hey like to fully start to own those aspects of yourself and yeah it's very beautiful the podcast that that Jared has created. It's called Journey with Jared. Journey with Jared, yeah. Journey with Jared, yes, you should check that out. Um, And yeah, he just has been practicing opening up and really living and embodying this. Like, it's not just a concept. It's like, you've full on done the podcast, you've done all these things. Like, it's a full commitment. And it's just inspiring. It's very inspiring to see that and to, yeah, just put yourself out there with that courage on public spaces, right? Like, I feel like if you, you've done it on a public space, it's like, well, now <laughs> there's nothing else to hide. <laughs> exactly. It's not just one friend or two, it's, it's on the internet. And that's, that's a big <laughs> level. So very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. It means so much to me for you to say those kind words. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, last point I wanted to ask you about is community and just how you feel about that, um, how that's impacted your life. Yeah, you know, and I think that that was another big piece of the men's group was, you know, finding people that are, you know, like-minded individuals that I can have these kinds of conversations with and they're, they're open to it. Right. And, you know, one of the things I always say is you can only in this kind of work, a person is only able to go as far as they're willing to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are willing to go farther and, you know, that one friend or that one person in your life might not be able to support you in that journey. And that's okay. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to cut them out or never talk to them again or anything like that. But having the people around you to support you on this journey is just so important and people that you can lean on and you know that feeling of not being alone of seeing that other people struggle with the same things that you do um is just so liberating so freeing and so important and 
we can't do everything all by ourselves 100% of the time. And everybody needs help sometimes. And so having that community that you can lean on, whether they're in person, whether they're online, whatever it is, as long as you have them and connect with them. And um, yeah, you know, it's, it gives you those safe spaces to be able to work on yourself, to do the work so that when you go out into, you know, the, the real world, um, you know, you're kind of more practiced and you don't have to test the boundaries anymore because you've tested those, you know, in your community right. and you're able to show up, you know, more appropriately in the different situations. So, right. yes. Beautiful. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. yeah, I find community is, it's, it, it does exactly that. And it, it makes us feel less alone, you know, um, and less like we're an outsider with these weird thoughts and weird feelings that are just only us, which is yeah. really isolating. And like, that's how I felt for a lot of my life to initiate a lot of my awakening. So I can really resonate with with that is just hearing that somebody else is feeling the same way you do is like a big relief <laughs> and just yeah. feeling, uh, yeah, the strength of a group, the strength of a group and the strength of support and love. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is amazing. Like, I'm so glad that we were able to connect and mm -hmm. I get to count you as part of my community now because uh, it makes it stronger. And so Thank you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much, Jared. And yay, first conversation on <laughs> my page. Thank you for joining us. I hope you got so much out of this conversation. I did. And yeah, check out Jared's content, Journey with Jared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Eyes of the wheel. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback that you have through Instagram at Jared Salikin or by email jared at jaredsalikin.com as well as it really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast. Thanks so much.